All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, May 1st. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, the newbies didn't do bees that great bees at the B.O. this weekend. But the holdovers, they didn't roll over because they're still at the top of the box office. Clayton, could you give us a plow for the weekend of Friday, April 28th, 2023? Yes. Number one, the Super Mario Brothers movie made $40 million down 33% only. It is standing at $490 million in its fourth weekend. Number two, Evil Dead Rise made $12.2 million, down only 50%. It added 15 theaters. It is at $44.4 million in its second frame. Number three, A Newbie, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, made $6.8 million in its first frame. Number four, John Wick Chapter 4 made $5 million, down 14%. It lost 204 theaters. It's at $176.1 million in its sixth weekend. Number five, a re-release. Star Wars Return of the Jedi made $4.6 million in its, let's see, 2084th weekend. It's at $313.8 million all in. Number six, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, made $4.1 million, down 25%, lost 251 theaters. It's at $88.1 million in its fifth weekend. Number seven, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, made $3.6 million, down 43%. It added 20 theaters, weirdly. It's at $12.2 million in its second weekend and number eight sisu made 3.2 million dollars in its first frame another newbie coming in at nine is big george foreman the miraculous story of dot 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 i'm not going the whole way with this three million dollar earner in its first weekend and then number 10 the pope's exorcist made 1.7 million dollars down 49 percent It lost 1,228 theaters. It is at $18 million in its third frame. That is the top 10. Wow. So the story here is Mario just continues to dominate. And I mean, that will come to an end this coming weekend because Guardians of the Galaxy opens on Friday, May 5th, and Mario will be moved out of the top spot. A lot of the Mario fans are going to go see the Guardians. But, I mean, this Mario run is, even for people who said, like us, that Mario is going to be one of the biggest movies of this year. It's going to be a gigantic. I think this Mario run is officially eclipsing anyone's expectations. You know? uh, Yeah. I mean, here it goes, right here. This mm -hmm. fourth weekend is the best ever for an animated movie. Uh, beating Incredibles 2, which only made 28.4 in its fourth Wow. Right? Which, I mean, that's spectacular. Spectacular. Super Mario is phenomenal. It's it's insane. And 
then it's also the best fourth frame for a universal title. Uh, it's even ahead of No Way Home's fourth weekend. And that thing was a, 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 a Goliath. So this thing is going crazy. It is a billion-dollar baby officially. Yes. And yes. it didn't even break a sweat, it feels like. Yes. It is It is nowhere near the end of its run. I mean, this is this is a James Cameron-esque run that Mario is on right now. You know, these holds this deep into a billion-dollar movie, these are Cameron-esque holds. And the question is, how high can this go? It's at $490 domestic. Are we looking at possibly a $700 million domestic earning situation? Does Mario have $200 million? left i mean i know guardians is going to really shift the audience suck up a lot of air in the room that normally would have went to mario but i think at this point you can't undersell what mario is capable of you cannot discount this little italian plumber any longer well the thing is is that super mario brothers is entering the summer movie season, right? So it's yep. going to have so much more competition than it did previously. Because when you think about it, what else was it really going up against that could have nicked it at all, right? I mm-hmm. mean, Evil Dead Rise, completely different audience. So I just, I, are you there, God? Uh, it's me, Margaret. Listen, Judy Bloom. there's a lot of, there's a, there's a good amount of fans of Judy Bloom, I assume. But uh, she ain't Mario. She ain't Mario. No, she ain't Nintendo. All right. No. Uh, no. Super Fudge ain't Mario. So no. I just I, I I'm not gonna discount Mario, but it may be hard to continue this run when there's a ton of competition. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, seven hundred domestic. I mean, I, that's so much. Uh, but you know. Listen, it could do it. If any movie could do it, it could do it. I just think it's so crowded. It's going to be just so, so crowded. Right. Although post-Guardians, May doesn't go nuts until later in the month. You know, mm-hmm. Guardi- it's Guardians and then it's a few weeks until uh, what's the next biggie at the end of May? Is that Fast X comes out Memorial Weekend? Yeah, um, so you, you do get a couple of weeks. Now, I'm just going to take a look at some of the movies that Mario is now right behind and go- probably going to pass in the next week or two on the all-time domestic list. That's where we're at now. We're looking at Mario on the all-time domestic list. It's currently number 19 all-time domestic at 490, but it is going to pass in the next week or so the Beauty and the Beast remake. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which should just keep falling down that list uh, constantly. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Dark Knight. Dark Knight is at 534. So Mario, of course, is going to pass all these movies probably Mm -hmm. in the next week or two. The Lion King remake, 543. Incredibles 2 at 608. I mean, Mario's going to get past that. It's already pacing ahead of Incredibles 2. Star Wars 8, The Last Jedi at 620. And take a look at this one. I mean, Mario, I think it's safe 
that it is going to pass the original Avengers, which made $623 million. Mario's at four ninety, so that means Mario would have to make another hundred and uh, what is that? Hundred and thirty-three million plus hundred thirty-four. Mario's going to do that. Mario's going to end up beating the original Avengers. This run is incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, because even if it doesn't make the top ten domestic, it's still an incredible <laughs> run. Yes, and and top ten domestic is not out of the realm of possibility. To get into the top 10 domestic, it would have to get to 653 million passing the original, passing Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. That's what it would have to pass. That's doable. That's another 160 million that Mario would have to make. It just had a $40 million week. I, I, I think that's very, very possible that Super Mario Brothers, the movie, ends up one of the top 10 domestic earners of all time that would be spectacular for mario and here's the thing i'm hearing that guardians 3 is not your normal fun goofy guardians movie oh boy i'm hearing it's pretty dark and that is i can we can let's we can get into the ramifications of that and the mistake that is yeah. On our preview episode this week. But yeah. saying that, mm-hmm. if that movie is dark. Yes. If it's then, Nolan-esque, if it's if it's gun doing Nolan. Yeah. Then Super Mario Brothers is going to get probably nicked for the first weekend. And mm-hmm. then you're going to see, I want Mario again. Because Mario yes. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want to see Drax crying. I want to see Mario in a raccoon suit. Exactly. I right? want to see like, Happy Pratt not acting Pratt. Yeah, well, Pratt can't act, better. but Pratt could be Mario. Even better. I don't want to see a crying raccoon. Right. I want to see a happy raccoon. Yeah. In Super Mario Brothers. Yes, yes. Right? So that's the thing is that Marvel uh, Marvel is going to continue to fuck up. And the benefit is going to be Super Mario Brothers. So, as you said, there's runway after Guardians. Yeah, we we both. I mean, I'm regretting saying that I thought Guardians is going to be one of the top five earners of the summer now because this thing is probably going to underperform because it, it, no one wants to go and cry all like for two and a half hours at a Guardians movie. Okay. No. No, they want to laugh and they want to see King Koopa sing a song about Peach. Exactly, exactly. And Clayton, you should. I, I love that you're able to pull that reference of a great moment in the Super Mario Brothers movie. I would love for you to be able to experience that in real life. So you should see the Super Mario Brothers movie on pace to possibly enter the top ten of all time. Okay, so, here's the thing. How about I see it when it? If it's a top ten of all time movie, I'll go see it. But so you will see it in a movie theater on the mm-hmm. weekend that it eclipses, uh, that it makes its way into the top ten domestic of all yes. time. Yes, that's when I will see it, and only when I will see it. If it is okay. a top ten domestic earner, I will go to the theater and see this film. Want to? And I want to be still a- sleep for sixty percent of it, but I will be there in person. You will be there. Okay. Well, want to be a winter and Christopher. 
Please mark this. Please clip this out because we need to hold Clayton accountable and we need to make sure he follows through on this. So please clip that. Clayton will see the Super Mario Brothers movie in theaters. He will sit there in a movie theater for the duration of the film when Super Mario Brothers eclipses Jurassic World and gets into the top 10 domestic of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is huge. I accept that, and we will hold you accountable for that. Um, so that's a Super Mario Brothers movie. Here's another holdover that I think is a nice little story, and it's Evil Dead Rise number two. Made yeah. $12.2 million, dropped 50% in its second weekend. But for a horror movie in its second weekend, that is a drop that shows people like this film and the word on this film is good. Yeah. And uh, this is this is officially a full-on success for Warner Brothers, putting mm-hmm. Evil Dead Rise in the theaters. This is at $44.4 million. It's now pacing ahead of the Fidi Alvarez remake. It's going to make more than that remake did, and that was considered a success. So, Clayton, do we have... It's odd to ask this question now for a... Uh, uh, when the first film came out in what, like 1984, but 40 years into this, do we finally have an official franchise when it comes to evil dead? Is this going to be a franchise? Didn't the original um, uh, evil dead, what did that, didn't that come out in the late seventies? No, it came out in 81, 81. And then the so that's, and then Evil Dead's almost as old as Mario or around the same age. Yes, yes. But so, but I think Evil Dead Rise with this box office, 44 million. We've heard rumblings that they're outlining a bunch of new movies. Uh, you know, Sam Raimi and his partners are outlining stories for more movies. Uh, this is officially a success, and I think officially you gotta crank out these Evil Dead movies. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a refillable concept, right? Now mm-hmm. that they've kind of released themselves from the need to have Bruce Campbell in these, which, listen, I love Bruce Campbell. He's such an integral part of those first three films. But he's an older man, and his the the that character is not necessarily a easily transferable character right Mm -hmm. so i feel like to just take the evil dead themselves and do several films with them the fan base is there for it they'll always have the original trilogy to go back to i think Mm -hmm. they understand that they have a tv show uh ash versus evil dead that went for a few seasons so they have that they have plenty of ash stuff to to deal with and 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 rewatch so I do think that this is a refillable sort of series Mm -hmm. and we're seeing here like two years from now, if they do another one, the audience will be there for it. Yep. And this in it. And listen, you don't have to go much more budget wise on this a little bit higher. will do, but this was meant to be a streaming movie. Now these movies are going to be made with the intent to go theatrical. Yes. So you're going to add a little bit of money to the budget. Don't go crazy. 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 Add a little bit 
and make it truly a theatrical film. And you're going to have another hit on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 2013 remake after it's at this exact same point in time was at 41 million. Evil Dead Rides at 44 million. So Mm -hmm. the the audience for these movies is increasing right now. So uh, it's a it's a franchise on the rise, which you love to see. So people this weekend, they wanted their Mario. They wanted their Evil Dead. Did they want God and did they want Margaret? And and this is, you know, we didn't we didn't do a prediction episode for this weekend on our last episode. Of course, we had our gigantic summer movie preview episode with Jeff Bach of Exhibit Relations Co. Clayton, you know, talking numbers, talking all time numbers is already pacing to be one of the biggest B.O. Boys episodes of all time. So thank you. Want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. People. For downloading this two and a half hour masterpiece. And so that episode is tracking incredibly well, but we didn't do any predictions for this weekend. So we never predicted any numbers for Are You There? God, it's me, Margaret. So it came in at 6.8 million in its debut, had a full wide release, you know, 3,300 theaters. Is this a solid, obviously 6.8 is small, but for this type of movie, can you really lambast it for opening number three at 6.8 million? I mean, you can't praise it. We're not here saying time to adapt all the Judy Bloom books and make a Judy Bloom averse and, you know, this is the new Marvel, but I find it hard to sit here and say this was a disaster. I mean, it was not a disaster because it, it, you know, it, it didn't do, it didn't cry macho. Right. I mean, it didn't cry macho. No. Right. So here's the thing. The audience for this film is older Caucasian women. Okay. Over 50 Caucasian women. 55% of Margaret's audience were over 45. This is according to Anthony. D is for Disney D Alessandro mm-hmm. women over 25 numbered 62%. Here's the real damning thing for this movie. Oh boy. Women under 25, 16%. Oh right? Jesus. It, 70% Caucasian, which right. here's the thing. There's a lot of Caucasians in the U S so that's right, not necessarily right. bad because it just, over-indexed, but right. nobody else wants to see it, right? Right, right, And right. it's an aged-out audience. I think they were hoping that this, this movie would be a generational film, a female of all generations, for females of right. all generations. And, and it all races out and that, all creeds, yeah. Yeah, and it turned out that it is a movie for one generation. right. And that generation is older white women, which is fine, but not enough came out to make this a success. Right. But as we've seen, this movie being in theaters is the best advertisement for it down the line. Yes. Yes. And I don't think this movie, this movie will probably make its bones back down the line right in pvod 
when it lands whatever streamer it's going to land because it's Lionsgate, right? So I don't know where does Lionsgate movies go. They go I to feel Netflix. Like, I feel like Peacock is possibly where Lionsgate films go. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of John Wick. Uh, uh, the the John Wick movies are currently on Peacock. I'm pretty sure. So it could be a Peacock situation, or yeah, it could be Netflix. But it definitely is a situation where Lionsgate will get this on streaming. You know, uh, in the in the relative near future, totally agree. It had to go to theaters. If if this was a Netflix original, it would have had two days of people being aware of it, and then it would have fallen off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely better this went to theaters. Six point eight million dollars. I mean, here are some issues that I see with how they did this movie. First of all, you know, the book came out in 1971 or so, and they set it in the 70s. And I think we are maybe finally getting to the point where the 70s is too long ago. Mm-hmm. We're young people. It's 80s or bust. You, yeah, it's you got to start with 80s. There's still a lot of 80s nostalgia, but I don't yeah. think young people want to see... 70s paraphernalia in a movie 70s clothes they don't want to they don't want to see like vietnam footage playing on the tv and then all along the watchtower plays you know which i haven't seen on you there god it's me margaret i i would say it's 50 50 that that sequence is in this movie where margaret Mm -hmm. is walking through her living room and her parents are watching the news and the news has has vietnam footage and all the long the watchtower plays it, it's set in the yeah. 70s there's always that chance that you're getting that sequence and you know margaret's brother is is thinking of going to canada so you don't get, get drafted i don't know i haven't seen this movie i read the book a long time ago 50 50 that that's a sequence in the movie and, and young people don't want that anymore they want at its earliest they want challenger explosion footage to be what yeah. a family's watching in the living room. They don't want Vietnam footage. Yeah, Margaret should be dressed like Madonna circa yes. her first album, circa Like a Virgin. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's, that. I mean, that's that's the earliest. That, it, it, yes. It, here, she, I mean, like. Not, not, not Mama Cass. No, they, no, they don't want Margaret dresses Mama Cass. They want well, her Mama Cass is more sixties. You're talking pretty sixties here. That, okay, the, but it's in the, so Donna 60s. Summers. They want Madonna, yes. not Donna Summers. Yes, thank you. Perfect, perfect. Yes, and and yes. best case, put her in flannel. You know, oh, this so should be nineties. I mean, said it in the nineties. Yeah, because there is still that. I mean, that's for the older group. That's their youth. And right. for the younger group, there's a, a fascination with the 90s as if it yes. was like a better time, an idyllic time. Yes, yes. I agree. This movie should have been moved up. If not to present day, then they should have had it be a period piece in the 90s. Margaret is dealing with, you know, you the movie starts on the day that Kurt Cobain died and Margaret's dealing with her feelings from that. Mm-hmm. That's where the movie starts. It's not about margaret dealing with the the fallout from watergate yeah yeah that is not what modern audiences want anymore um here's the other thing that i think was an issue with are you there god it's me margaret 
And it's that there, there isn't a movie star playing Margaret, or at least not a not a movie star, because it's obviously going to be hard to find uh, at any time say. a movie star who is that young. Yeah, you know, it's you get you get the rare periods in history where your biggest star in the world is a Macaulay Culkin, you know, is someone who is also a child. Well, but, she's not that young in this, is she? That uh, no, she's no, a she's teenager. a she's like a teenager. Well, which you is could why get Jenny Ortega. I mean, Clayton, you stepped on it, but that's what I where I was going is they yeah. needed to get Jenny Ortega to play Margaret in this movie. But see, Jenny Ortega would be like, you know, some of these lines I had to change them because mm. I don't know who this Judy Bloom character is, but she just doesn't know about kids. And but, so but you, I had to change all these lines and I didn't even want to do it. I didn't even want to do it. Now you're referencing just some uh, interviews Jenny Ortega gave about the show Wednesday. Obviously that's what you're doing there. Yeah. And here's what I'll say. Let Jenny Ortega get a, get a crack at the script then because and it's also, Jenny Ortega. And if she I, is, yeah. is going to be willing to be the lead in your low budget movie, you let her take a crack at the script and put the words in her language because are you there? God, it's me. Margaret should be modernized anyway. And Jenny Ortega should play Margaret and let Jenny Ortega make the dialogue her own. If, if she's willing to be in the movie, give her that pen with, give her the red pen. And also I tease Jenny Ortega mm -hmm. because she was talking about a TV show. Mm -hmm. not a movie when she was talking right. about the Wednesday writers, right? As she should, because right. TV is a lower form of mm -hmm. entertainment than movies. I do think she would have been respectful about a movie script right. as opposed to whatever uh, length Wednesday is like what an hour long uh, dramedy, whatever that show was. Right. I could see her being less respectful of that. Right. So well, I'm on her so, side. I was just poking and teasing at her. I think she's one of the she's one of the only young stars we have. Yeah. And and, and I think listen, this movie, Are You There, God It's Me, Margaret, getting great reviews. I, I'm sure it is good. But and I'm sure the actress, Abby Ryder Fortson is great in the movie. That's everything you hear is she's great in the movie and uh, people are loving this movie. So not to take anything away from recommend. her, but, but Jenny Ortega in the lead opens this movie to $15 million. I mean, and that is just the way it is. Jenny Ortega as Margaret in a 90s set movie opens at $15 million instead of 6.8. Here's here's another reason why I think this movie did not do Buffa Bobo. Mm. The title. Okay. Okay. Are you there, God? All mm. right. We are in the midst of a literal Jesus revolution at the movie theaters, right? Okay. You've got religious films doing really well, right? To the point where even a movie like Nefarious can show up in the top 10. 
the fact that there's even a question of God's existence in the title of this movie might have turned off some of the heartland here. Because if it would have been, hey, God, it's me, Margaret, that's an Mm. acknowledgement that God exists, right? Right. But it's like, are you there, God? What? Of course he is. What what is this? Now, Mm. that's that's a certain demographic would be turned off by that, the Jesus Revolution demographic. And you needed them, right? Right. You needed them for this movie to be bigger than it is. So I think that was a problem. Listen, you can change the title of of books to when they're adapted into films. It happens all the time. Sure, sure. the 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 book uh, was called Wise Guys. The movie was called Goodfellas. Exactly. And, you know, and and uh, obviously audiences were okay with that. I think that's as that's as much as you could change. Is that are you to are you there to hey yeah and yeah. I think hey God it it's me Margaret. Hey, God, it's me, Margaret. I mean, I'm sure now there are some wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people who were yelling at their earbuds saying, no, that's the title of the book. It's relevant to where she is at that point in her life. She's questioning whether God is helping her because of all she's going through, blah, 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 all along the watchtowers playing as her and her family are watching Vietnam footage on the news. But we're thinking box office because we yes. want as many people as possible to see this film. We want Judy Bloom to get her beak wet to get because I'm mean, you know she's got points when it comes to this film. So we want Judy Bloom to get paid with as high a box office as possible, and we want a Bloomiverse because listen, I, I mean I I think I could speak for you. You made light of it earlier, but we are super fudge people. I mean, I, I I love those super fudge books. I want to see a, a a big budget, big screen super fudge movie, not a streamo. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. But we want to see these Judy Bloom books get adapted, and that's not going to happen at this level of box office. You need it to come out of the the gate strong, and I think it needed to be like you said. Hey, God, it's me, Margaret. Set in the 1990s, starring yeah. Jenna Ortega. That movie opens up to 15, maybe 18 million dollars, and sets you up for a Judy Bloom cinematic universe. And it would work thematically because in the 90s, people were more like, hey, hey, yeah, right. Hey, I mean, God. the Daria sort of, yeah, the, uh, the, the um, Janine Garofalo sort of detachment, right. Of, right. hey, God, it's me, Margaret. Right? I mean, right. that would work. That In the 70s, work, yeah. you would use full sentences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you set this in the 90s, then it, the title makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Hey, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. hey, God. Hey it, God. Was the, it was the era of, hey, dude. Of course, right? So, I mean, listen, th- all this to say, she's I'm glad- she's watching She's watching, hey, dude. And then she looks up and she's like, hey, God, it's me, Margaret. Yeah. Why did all you take Kurt say, Cobain? All this to say, yeah, why'd you kill Kurt Cobain? Why'd you take yeah. him from us? Yeah, yeah. Now, all is this all this is to say. And Desert that, Storm footage is playing on, on the TV in her parents' yeah. living room. Yeah. And, and, and Blind Melon is playing. I mean, yeah. no rain, yeah. right? I mean, that's yeah. what she, we need. 
Margaret would be dressed as the B girl in in a sequence, you know, a Halloween party. Halloween sequence. The she's the B girl. Yes, yeah, of course. 100%. I mean, this movie is. I would see this movie immediately. Yes, and it stars Jenny Ortega. Do you, you get not... a trailer together where it's Jenny Ortega in the B girl outfit in a humorous Halloween sequence? No rain is playing. Hey God, it's me, Margaret. Judy Bloom is just counting stacks on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Counting stacks. Yeah. So all is this to say that this is a great commercial for its streaming release. I mean, I yes. do think this movie is something that people will discover on PVOD and down the line, which, listen, that's part of the business. Theatrical yes. is the most important part of the business, but it's not the only part of the business. Yes. I yes. think, but that's the problem is everybody has to remember it is the most important part of the business, right? Yes. Yes. So yes. Netflix, listen up. All your movies don't mean shit because they're never in theaters. Exactly. Now, so, le let's yeah. Can we talk real fast? Uh, Star sure. Wars Return of the Jedi. I don't want to talk yes. too much about this because I don't care about Star Wars. But what but. it shows is that a catalog film can mm. do Bafa Bobo at the theater. We talk about this all the time. Theaters mm. utilize catalog films. This is more of a nationwide situation here. And listen, this thing made four point six million. It wasn't even in any kind of uh PLFs. Like imagine no. if they would have done an IMAX re-release of this thing. I mean, that movie it would have made probably like seven or eight. Yeah, and 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 I mean, this movie hasn't been getting a insane marketing campaign you know this isn't like in the was it the mid late 90s when they did the big reissue of all the star wars movies and they were making yeah. 30 40 million opening weekends but that was uh uh hand in hand with giant marketing campaigns the level of a new movie they yeah. just dropped disney just dropped return of the jedi in these theaters people found them and people went uh, it shows the strength of that catalog films can have, but I do think what it shows is, and as much as you don't care about Star Wars, I also am not personally a big Star Wars guy. Uh, Never Ending Story was my Star Wars, mm -hmm. but people, for whatever reason, love this franchise, and it just shows how wild it is that Disney and Kathleen Kennedy and everyone who runs the Star Wars franchise has punted on Star Wars being a theatrical franchise. Yeah. They just put out a 30, 40 year old movie that people are watching. That's playing on TNT right now. Nonstop. People can watch it at yeah. home any second on TNT. And that movie made almost $5 million at the box office. And yet, Disney and Kathleen Kennedy can't get their act together to get a new Star Wars movie in theaters. They've just made TV shows. It's wild. It's wild. And this movie was only showing in 475 theaters. Oh, my God. It had a $9,882 per theater average. Wow. Which is more wow. than Mario. More than Mario. But amazing. Mario's kicking ass with, with 9,500, which is amazing yeah. for as many and it's in. His fourth it's in. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, that's pretty good for a movie that is, yes, decades old. Yeah, yeah. 40 years old. That is Mm -hmm. incredible. If anything, the success that Return of the Jedi had at the theater this weekend is an embarrassment for Disney. And I get that they got to make this $5 million at the box office, but that $5 million to me isn't worth the embarrassment that they're suffering right now because it shows how inept they are at handling the Star Wars franchise. There has not been a theatrical Star Wars movie since December 2019. Mm -hmm. We're going on four years and there is nothing in production. And that was a disappointment. Script announcement announces there are there is no Star Wars movie in production right now. That is embarrassing. Well, all the all the headlines the the recent the most recent headline is David Lindelof was he was asked to leave his Star Wars project. Those Uh, are not good headlines. No, and those are the only headlines these Star Wars movies ever get. They get two kinds of headlines: the announcement. They get the announcement that this person's writing a Star Wars movie, and then mm-hmm. they get the announcement six months later, this person has exited their Star Wars movie. Yeah, that is yep. the only thing that that Kathleen Kennedy is able to to get out uh, to make happen is signing someone and then exiting someone. How do you not have any Star Wars movies in theaters? Return of the Jedi just made almost $5 million and is playing nonstop on TNT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindelof was, and and I had to double check that Lindelof was even working on a film because they just pump out these television shows on Disney mm-hmm. Plus that are Star Wars related that are, you know, just diluting the market. I mean, listen, it's the Marvel situation all over again. Disney just mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do with their with with what they have. You know, they're just diluting their brands left and right. Yeah. So yeah. it's an embarrassment. Enough, this enough there's enough time for Disney hate uh later. Uh there'll be yeah. plenty of time for Disney hate this summer. So let's move on real fast to Big George Foreman. Uh mm-hmm. this movie is DOA, three million dollars. It yeah. opened in three thousand theaters, so it was a wide release. I just think if this was about him making the grill, like if this was an mm-hmm. air esque like Hey yes. man, you had this comeback. Everybody loves you now. What are you going to do? And he's like, I got an idea for a grill. And everybody says, George, you're an idiot. You're a boxer. You can't make a grill. No mm-hmm. boxer's ever made a grill. How are you going to make a grill? Right. And he goes in his garage and he makes a grill. That's right. the movie people want to see. They don't right. want to see a movie about a boxer anymore if the name of that boxer isn't rocky or creed yes 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 um and george foreman is just he's one of those figures that had his his celebrity run at a very specific moment in time Mm -hmm. you know he was the funny old man who came back and won the title but even that was in the 90s, right? George Mm -hmm. Foreman's comeback was in the 90s. And that is so not held up through the generations as an important moment. 
You know, yeah. this movie needed to be, you know how big George Foreman is a success at the box office? If you make it in the 90s and George Foreman plays himself and it's a total cash-in situation, they waited yes. too long to make this movie. This needed to be George Foreman as George Foreman in Big George Foreman. Yes. And it's, and it's you know, a Farrelly Brothers production. You know, they get their mm-hmm. assistant director to direct it. And it comes out in 1999. You know, yes. that that's when this is a success. And again, not, it sounds like we're leaning too much on the 90s here, but I think you've got another situation where they waited too long to cash in on the IP and young people do not care. Yeah, George Foreman just hasn't, care stayed in the zeitgeist the way that even someone like Mike Tyson has. I mean, no. if you ask other than the grill, kid, obviously the grill is gigantic. Uh, is it still though? I, I don't, I, I haven't think so. seen one of those. Oh no. I haven't seen one of those in years, but, but you're not a college student anymore. I am sure it's a situation where the George Foreman grill is, is still, you know, issued to you. Uh, you know, you get a you get a sack of condoms and you get a George Foreman grill when you check into your dorm. Uh, I, yeah. I I I don't think the George Foreman grill is gone down, but I think people it's one of those things where do people even associate a person with that grill? If you are under the age of 30, I don't even think you think of a human being who's attached to that grill. It's just the George Foreman grill, the way that tissues are called Kleenex. Well, I but think you're not it's thinking more like... of Joey Kleenex, you know, associated with that. You're just, it's, that's what they call this thing. I, I mean, I think it's a Paul Newman situation mm. where Paul Newman is more known for his food products than anything he ever did to young people, right? To young people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Paul Newman is like, uh, you know, the, the, the a guy on a dress, uh, a salad dressing bottle. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. So I think that's the situation well they're in. Mr. Clean to, to little kids, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, if, if, so if yeah. we told, if I, if, if I showed Mr. Clean to somebody, if I showed to a kid, a bottle right. that had Mr. Clean on it or the bounty guy. It's yes, more likely the bounty point. guy. And the then uh, and then a, a product that had Paul Newman on it. And I asked, which one of these was a movie star, a yes. huge movie star? They would probably say the bounty guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's no rub. I mean, George, I mean, uh, Paul, Paul Newman. Uh, uh, listen, icon. Icon. Iconic. 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 King, king, yes, yes. right? But to a kid, eh, he's a guy on a bottle of of uh, he's on a, a box of popcorn or whatever, you know. Like yes, that's yes. the problem with culture; it moves so fast and leaves yeah. people behind. And George Foreman has been left behind. Yeah, it's if you ask a kid who starred in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and you showed him Paul Newman dressing, and you showed him. Uh, Orville Redenbacher, they might. It's going to be fifty-fifty. They might just say, "I don't know." Orville Redenbacher was yeah, he a show big him the actor Jolly Green the- Giant. It's a toss-up, yeah, exactly. And and that's definitely the case with George Foreman and the Grill. People know the Grill. They don't know or care about the person, and so that is how that went for Big George Foreman. But you know what? It'll get a little bit of a boost when it goes to streaming, though. I do feel like 
this is a movie that's probably also going to die on streaming. I don't think Big George Foreman. I don't think Big George Foreman is going to be a hugely watched movie on any platform going and, forward. You know, this is a faith-based movie, and faith-based movies, as we've been saying, have done a really had a really good run at the box office. But I don't think they leaned into that enough. No, no. Because we were no. like, is this faith-based? And we had to look it up. You should not have to look up whether a movie is faith-based or not. Yeah, yeah. This should have been called Jesus's Boxer. Yes, Jesus' favorite Foreman boxer. Story. Big yeah. George Foreman. Exactly. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Now, Pat, um, yes. What were you going to say? Because I, I do think there's one movie we do have to speak about. Because I'm hearing a lot of misconceptions about why this movie was made. Okay. And what the expectations for this movie were. Okay. And I'm talking All right. about number 11, Bo is Afraid. Okay. Bo is Afraid. Yes, Bo is Afraid. A24. Yes. This weekend, it made $1.4 million. It added 1,160 theaters, and it dropped 46%. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's at $5.5 million in its third weekend. Only yep. two of those weekends were wide releases. The first weekend was, I think, four theaters. Some of those IMAXs, right? Okay. Yes, it had the one week of, of IMAX screens. Yes. Now, I am just hearing from pundits who usually understand the business. Mm-hmm. How this is terrible for Ari Aster, and he dinged himself, and this is bad, and what well, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard uh, pundits say it's career killer. It's a career it's a, killer. Uh, yeah, we've all heard the audio. It's 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 fucking career cr- killer. That's what I've heard. I'm quoting pundits that are out okay. there. This is the, that Bo is afraid is a career killer for Ari Aster. Okay, not only is Ari Aster. Bigger than ever. This is going to affect his career not negatively at all. It is mm-hmm. not going to affect it one like one uh, bit. Because one bit. what this no. was, and you said this, and the reason why I want to talk about this and really emphasize this is because I think you said these words in our summer preview episode, which is two hours and in uh, in 30 minutes which listen yes. you have to listen to every single second of it because it's important and it is uh it's essential it's necessary and it's almost as long as Bo is afraid but not exactly. quite Bo is afraid is three hours we got to two and a half hours but you know listen things can get lost in that sea of excellence mm. so mm-hmm. I totally agree with what you said and I and, and and forgive me if I'm getting it wrong or I'm paraphrasing it wrong but this was A24 locking down their guy. This yes. was an investment in the future. When you think of A24, what is one of the first filmmakers you think of? Maybe the what the number 1 filmmaker you think of. It's Ari Aster. Mhm. He's the mm-hmm. guy. He's the A24 guy. He put them on the fucking map. He's and their so, Michigan J Frog. Yes. They spent yes. 35 million for him to make his pet project. And are people really out there thinking A24 is sitting there sweating, wringing their hands, being like, I can't believe this movie isn't as big as everything, everywhere, all at once. What's happening? What's right. happening? Right. They knew what was going to happen. They, they knew, knew this was, was an happen. inaccessible movie. They right. 
were locking down their guy. And right, we should be right. happy that a company is willing to invest in art, is willing to invest in a person, not an IP. Right. right? And, and I'll forget that. Let's let's get off of them investing in art. Because sure, but we're talking business. This was them investing in their business. This was yeah. the cost of them doing business. Because like you said, they knew Bo's Afraid is not going to be a huge hit at the box office. I don't think they expected anything more than what they got out of it. But they the reason they might have been expecting less. They might have been expecting less. They the reason that they spent this isn't for this movie. It's for the next Ari Aster movie. Yes. And listen, here's the thing. The next Ari Aster movie can't be Bo is afraid. It no. can't be a incredibly uh personal or you know all movies should be personal but it, it can't be this narrow gotcha. targeted it there the next Ari Aster movie for a24 needs to and probably will be more in the lines of a hereditary or midsummer whether it's a horror movie or another genre it'll be a movie that they know has a a, a bit a bigger target for their audience has a chance of being an Oscar movie because I'm sure mm -hmm. that is also what they see in Ari Aster as a guy who could get them a Best Picture, Best Director nomination with a future movie. And that is why they spent $35 million on this very deeply personal horror comedy, whatever this is, that they knew was not going to make that much money. Also, here's the other thing about Bo is Afraid. It had Joaquin Phoenix in it. It mm -hmm. had Joker in it. So $35 million for a movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. I'm sure this movie already pre-sold a lot of rights foreign-wise and on television. And not to be the Rocky or what his financers, but Bo is Afraid, because it had Joaquin Phoenix, is not going to lose that much money, even at a $35 million budget. They know yeah. they're going to make up a lot of that money guaranteed because... Joaquin Phoenix wanted to do this. So listen, the, this is a movie that's out of the top 10. We're spending time on this because it's gotten a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of wrong opinions out there that the B.O. boys needed to correct. We don't care if people don't like a movie. Yeah, that's it subjective. doesn't matter. That's but yeah, business is objective. And we want to correct all of these misinformations that are going out there on the business end of this movie. And hey, listen, you want to call us shills? Call us, I don't know, call us the shills of the week for Ari Aster? You go do that. You go look like a bozo and you call us shills. We're out here setting the record straight on the business of show business, mm -hmm. which not everyone understands. And you know what? We pat them on the head and we say, you, you keep learning. Listen to the B.O. boys and maybe you'll figure it out someday. Yeah. Get some education there. Yeah. All right. So, well, Pat, I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, I think we we pretty much we talked covered about everything. This. Yeah. Uh, can I just say one note? We don't even talk about the box office for it, but that movie Zizu, the dog Nazi movie opened and just got a note because Anthony D. Alessandro did note in his weekend wrap up that, you know, as a way of getting the buzz out there. 
Lionsgate is is doing everything, and this is quote from Anthony D. Alessandro. The pick is gate is buzzing among uh, cineists, 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 cinema fans. Uh, the pick I think is it's buzzing. Cineasts, isn't it? Cineasts, cineasts. There's some words that you don't end up saying out loud very much. This pick is buzzing among cineasts with the studio. I hear even setting up a private screening for movie lover and comedian Pat Oswalt. So that is how you move the needle that is how you get the buzz out there you set up a screening for movie lover and comedian pat pat oswald so yeah t- there you go lion's taste maker pat yeah. oswald yeah. yes so swinging for the fences lion's gate sizu uh is out there in theaters nationwide and maybe pat oswald will tweet about it so we'll see so Okay, real quick, because I know, you know, we don't want to do two and a half hours again. No. But we got an email about our summer yes. movie preview. Yes. From Adam from the Stacks. Yes. Oh, OG B.O. Boy. OG. Yes. yes. With a capital O and a capital G. Yeah. And he's taking me to task. He's taking me to the woodshed here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read this email. He says, uh, it starts with the title, Don't Bet Against Fast X. B.O. Mm-hmm. Boys. I think Fast X is going to perform very well. They are clearly moving back in the right direction after the insanity of the last film. Clayton, admit it. You dislike Vin Diesel and the broy douchiness of him, The Rock, all the macho alpha dog chest thumping. But worldwide, men and women love it. America and the world is full of low IQ stacks dwellers who eat this stuff up. Okay. Here's the thing. I have to defend myself here. I, I am. I mean, I've said it on the podcast, a fast and furious fan. I see all these movies opening weekend. I am pro douchey bros. I am pro Vin Diesel. I, I, I like Vin Diesel more than The Rock. I was on Vin Diesel's side against The Rock, and I think I've been vindicated because it shows that The Rock is a bozo. His te- mm. his tweets have shown he is a bozo. I mean, they're both bozos, but still. I am a fan there you of go. Throwing- There you go. You just called Vin Diesel a bozo. Listen. Adam from the Stacks would, would say that that shows there, your body. But, but that's why we like him. I we know he's a bozo. He's a bozo who has his priorities in the right place. Here's the thing. I am for broy douche culture, okay? I think there needs to be more of it at the theater. I'm sick of dork culture. I want more broy douche culture, okay? Mm. I don't know where this perception of me being against chest thumping and broy douche. I'm a jock. I'm a jock, okay? That is, that is, you know, I'm a jock, right, Pat? I play soccer. I'm a jock. You, you have talked about how you played soccer a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. I do agree we were low on Fast X and didn't talk about it as much. A- Adam goes on to say, this is the only film in the entire summer that is star-studded. It's got Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, Charlize Theron, John Cena, Jason Momoa, Ludacris, and the ghost of Paul Walker, RIP. Yeah, he still mm. is... I think he does cast a shadow on this cast. But okay. also, we're forgetting that Brie Larson is in this movie as well. I don't know if you would say she's a star or even a value add, but she's definitely like, oh, wait, a she's in that person. movie? 
Yeah, yeah she's a famous person. She's a, a YouTuber like us. So yes. Yes. the thing about this that I take umbrage with is is saying that I am somehow not a fan of alpha dog chest thumping and machoism. I am a fan of those things. I am, I, I am, I am Joe Lunchpail. I am salt to the earth. Those are my people. So I do take umbrage to that. I was not low on the movie because of that. I was low on the movie because I do think that this is a franchise on the wane. It is. But like, like I said in our two and a half hour summer movie preview, the thing that this movie has going for it is that Fast 9 opened early COVID, you know, box office. And this will probably perform better than that. So I think it will have the perception of being a franchise again on the rise because Fast X should be able to open bigger and leg out better than Fast 9 did in the summer of 2021. So that that is something it has going for it. And the perception then will be there that heading into the last movie, the family's back. People are more into them now than they were with the last film. And I'll give Adam the benefit. Obviously, listen, Adam, I understand. I mean, this this I mean, there's no reason to count this franchise out because they have not had an outright disappointment. No, no. And they probably won't. I mean, I am kind of regretting putting Guardians above Fast X in my top five because, like I said, I think Fast X is is going to give their core what they want. And from what I'm hearing, and I might be wrong, this Guardians is not going to give people what they want, which is a fun Marvel romp. And right, it's right. just it's it's flummoxing. It's just making my mind bend. Uh, and we'll deal with that. The uh, we'll deal uh, with that coming week. up later, and later we will be week. seeing that film this weekend, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We so already we'll have know our definitively. tickets. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, but thank you, Adam from the Stacks, for reaching out, for keeping us honest, for mm-hmm. defending Macho Alpha Dogs, for defending Douchey Bros, because you are right. Bru- douchey Bros are a huge huge segment of the box office yeah and they should not be discounted and listen clayton came from the dirt he came from the stacks you know Mm -hmm. but he's lives in new york and like me is now a coastal elite and even though we are always trying to be mindful of of uh stacks dwellers and earth dogs and plain billies Mm -hmm. we do need you to keep us honest and to make sure yeah. we don't discount uh, certain segments of the population. So thank you, Adam, for standing up for Alpha Dogs and for Douchey Bros at the box office. Yeah. It's necessary, and, I, and we we thank you for it. And I'm here for you. Listen, Douchey Bros, I'm here for you. When I see somebody yep. on the street with a backwards Cox hat, mm-hmm. I, there's a li- I smile. Like there's a, yeah, like a, yeah, a little yeah. inner warmth. I'm like, you're still going for it. You're still right. going for it. Like, you know, you right. haven't let society tell you to not be a douche. Yes. Yes. And and you go heart. to the movies and you, you go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Adam, for that. And of course, uh, anyone who listens, who wants to email us, send us an email at the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. Give us your predictions, your boots on the ground reporting, or 
stand up for a segment of the movie going population that you think the B.O. boys are giving short shrift to. So yeah. much like Adam, defend your people at the B.O. boys podcast at gmail.com. And of if course, you're a plus 50 year old woman, white yes, woman, yes. right? And you want to defend. Hello, God, it's me, Margaret. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. They didn't go oh, with the sorry. correct title. Sorry. Hello, it's me. Yeah. I, I want to dance yeah. with somebody. Right. Somebody who loves me. That person is God. I'm Margaret, by the way. Mm-hmm. Email us. Yes. 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 And listen, Book Club 2 is coming out in a couple of weeks. So the over 55-year-old Caucasian women, they're going to have another chance to uh represent at the box office maybe they were saving it up you know that they were could saving, be they're saving their trip for that there's yes yes so th- that may be where the over 50 caucasian women come out in force is book club two not for are the they are god it's me margaret but listen email us at the bo boys podcast at gmail.com and let us know if we gave short shrift to your movie going population this week of course Follow us on Twitter. Want to be a winter and Christopher is killing it with the video clip. So follow us at the BO boys pod on social media. We are YouTubers. So mm-hmm. subscribe to our YouTube channel down there. Smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. The videos are outstanding on the YouTube channel. You could see, you know, you may have already listened to the two and a half hour summer preview with Jeff Bach, but you could see Jeff Bach. See Mm -hmm. the enthusiasm on his face. Remember, he said it himself. He was at 53% hype during our episode. You could see what that looks like on the B.O. Boys YouTube channel. What does 53% hype look like in a human face? Only way to find out, go to our YouTube channel, watch that two and a half hour video. And uh, of course, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Helps other listeners find the show. And just tell people you know about the B.O. Boys. It's getting bigger than ever. Again, the mm-hmm. summer movie preview episode with Jeff Bach, the tracking is off the charts. Yeah. The pacing of that is off the charts. It's going to be maybe the biggest episode of all time when all is said and done. So this is the time to let people know about the B.O. Boys, get them in the fold so we could educate them. You know, just yes. like we educated certain pundits who are saying certain movies or certain career killers for certain directors. And, you know, again, call shills, but we call ourselves educators of the box office. So mm-hmm. let other people know. So they too can be educated about the box office Clayton, That's all I got. Yeah. And I think that's all I got too, Pat. So there's nothing left to say. No, except for, Until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. Nailed it.